Wheelie bin races tomorrow afternoon, Charlie exclaims with the easy joy of a small child as he takes in a chalk sign outside the door of the three horseshoes. He parks the mini convertible haphazardly across two spaces before opening Jean's door with a flourish. I knew there's a good reason this is my favourite pub. We have the post-nuptial brunch tomorrow, Jean reminds him, lurching out of the car and patting her hair back into shape. The neat chignon she'd fixed that morning has blown flat and sideways, like a bad toupee. She eyes the thermos bottle lying on Charlie's seat suspiciously. Ah, but brunch is at eleven. The races start at two, Charlie says, swooping her off the gravel into his arms and carrying her through the entrance to deposit her in front of the barman. Jean used to giggle when he did this, at the ostentation, the old-fashioned chivalry. But for some time now, she has suspected his motive is to be served as quickly as humanly possible. I thought you'd never been to Kent. How can this be your favourite pub? Her knees wobble as she leans against the bar. She has been holding them together vice-like throughout the swerving drive. A booze hound never tells, Charlie says, tapping his nose with one finger over an impish grin. But I'll give you a clue. Proximity. Jean rolls her eyes. The mirror behind the bar, scuffed as it is, does not paint a flattering picture of them as a couple. Charlie's longish black hair stands at a 75-degree angle from his scalp. His suit is askew, one white shirt end flapping over his trousers. Jean's lilac dress brings out a sallow tone to her skin. Her face is a mottled puce with red splotches high on her cheekbones. They both look like they've been spat out of a tornado. Two pints of lager and three whiskey chasers, my good man, Charlie orders with a twinkle in his eye. Maybe four. Jeannie? Charlie, the ceremony starts at five, Jean protests, checking her watch. It was nearly 4pm. And don't call me Jeannie. The venue is only five minutes away, Charlie says, turning his huge brown melting puppy gaze at her. That look still has the power to twist Jean's heart, even as his irises are increasingly swamped by ballooning purple eye bags. I haven't seen Sarah in almost a year. I don't want to be rude. Jean hates the shrill edge that has been creeping into her voice more and more of late. She can't help it. It has become as natural to her as shallow breathing and anxiety. Pish tosh! Grown men don't take orders from confectionery. Charlie smiles, fluttering a layer of her pleated dress with his fingertip. Jean inspects herself, wounded. She can now see that the multi-layered maxi style the pushy saleswoman had insisted was timeless, 70s, looks exactly like a stack of upside-down cupcake wrappers. Not so long ago, she would have found this funny. Today, it makes her want to cry. It's timeless and 70s. Jean says defensively. You can't be timeless and 70s, Charlie points out. Here you are, mate, the bartender says, passing over the tumblers almost flirtatiously. Charlie always had this effect on people. Whether it was his slightly fey manner or air of adventure, every stranger became an instant friend. If Charlie were a perfume, he'd be called, What Larks? As soon as the glass touches wood, he necks two of the whiskies in quick succession and Jean motions to the barman for the bill. 
she pays before Charlie has a chance to order another round. On their first date, Charlie had merrily described himself as a bedwetting alcoholic first, journalist second. And so, fairly warned, Jean never took him to task for his drinking. More of a liability than a mean drunk, his occasional buffoonery had seemed a small price to pay for his undeniable charm. Unfortunately, on special occasions, she had to watch him like a hawk. <laughs> 